Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today, it's Nell Fortner, head coach of Georgia Tech. I just, I love talking to Nell. I think Nell is fantastic. Uh, I loved her when she was on TV, and just the, the job she's done with Georgia Tech this year is incredible. 20 wins, 10 and 8 in conference. They were a potential NCAA tournament team, and I, I don't think that's anything anyone would have anticipated going into the year. So it's awesome that she's back in it. It's awesome to see them doing so well, and I'm just, I'm really, really happy that she's coming home with me. So I'm going to get on right now, not delay it anymore. We'll be right back. This is The Jump Around. Welcome back to the Jump Round, and joining me, it is Georgia Tech head coach Nell Fortner. Coach, uh, I appreciate it. I just I keep laughing because I know we're all just stuck in our houses, and we have nothing but time, but I still appreciate you being willing to take a chunk of your day out for me, so thank you. Yeah, no problem. I, I was looking forward to it. I, I could stop and sit down and quit chasing my dog and cat around for just a little bit. <laughs> well, we, uh, man, what a what a last year it's been for you. Uh, quite a journey, obviously, from you know the booth uh, to back on on the sidelines. But uh, before we before we dive into to this year specifically. I want us to. I want us to go back to uh, jump in the wayback machine. Well, go back to Jackson, Mississippi, okay. when you're when you're growing up and you're aspiring for the things that you are. You end up going to play uh, two sports at Texas. What What were the dreams of young Nell Fortner? Look, I'm a, I tell you what, it's real simple for me to put this in perspective. My had I had two brothers and a sister older than me, and one of my brothers was. Um, they were all really good athletes. One of my brothers got a football scholarship to Tulane, and I was in the seventh grade when my mom picked me up at school and said, hey, Tom got a scholarship to Tulane to play football. Like, I didn't even really know what a scholarship was, you know, but I knew he was going to keep playing football, and I was at that time playing basketball in my driveway as a seventh grader and loved it more than life. And I remember saying, I'm going to get a scholarship to play basketball, and that's that started me from right there. I knew I was going to be a college athlete. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I was fortunate to be on that front end of Title IX and scholarships were going and women were getting opportunities. So I got my scholarship and I played every sport I could play, man. I love it. <laughs> well, it's crazy because not only did you get a scholarship to play basketball, you, pl- you got a scholarship to play two sports in college and not just any college at Texas. That's pretty remarkable. Right, it, it was, and it was a lot of fun. And I, I tell you, playing for Jody Conrad, she she was a, such a fantastic coach. But she allowed me to do both, wanted me to do both, and uh, so I was I was fortunate in that opportunity. You had a great career with both, but basketball wise, you scored nearly fifteen hundred points. You guys went one twenty seven and twenty six during your time there, and I mean, you just experienced uh, a ton of winning. Was was the coaching bug? Was that something you caught while you were there, or was that something that came later? So I caught the coaching bug when I was in high school because I had two really strong female coaches um, for both of those sports. Um, Karen Chisholm, who went on to a 40-year career as a volleyball coach at, at Texas State University, and then uh, Karen Fredenberg, who was just fantastic. So I, I had role models that I wanted to be like, and then – 
when I got around Jody Conrad, that was it. I wanted to be <laughs> just like her. So I, I was fortunate in, in how and who I was brought up in the game with. It's it's actually remarkable. You you mentioned her obviously, but then you you go on after coaching a few years in high school, you get a chance to work with Gary Blair for a while. Who's you know I think he's had a pretty good career. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and then you go to La Tech and you you get to coach in a national championship game too. I mean the amount of legendary coaches you've worked for and and played for it's it's crazy. I mean I I can't imagine how beneficial that must be for you. Look. Blake, when you sit down, if I wrote that um, on paper, I, I just can't even believe it when I see it. Because let's don't forget, after Leon Barmore, I went to work with Tara Vanderveer for a year. Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> with, the, you know, with the Olympic team. I'm like, who gets to do this? This is, like, ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I look back on all that, and I'm so, I was so fortunate to have those opportunities. And I love every one of those people. They're still important in my life today. I mean, it's just, um, just a, I, I was just incredibly um, fortunate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you were you were, and but I just, I, I we all have dreams to be as successful as we can be, right? We all want to be right. gr- great. But if I if I told you at the beginning, hey, this is this is what you're gonna get, this is what's in your future, you you probably would have laughed and said, yeah, I'll take that deal. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely <laughs> say I'll take that deal for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just I'm just very very thankful, and I'm I'm very aware of it in the in the sense that whenever I have an opportunity to work with with my assistant coaches or or who I'm going to be surround myself with, I want to give them everything I've got, and I want them to go and excel as head coaches. I, I encourage them to do that. I want them to do that, and I hope I can can inspire them like I was inspired. There's a unique period in your career where right after La Tech, you, you take the head coaching job at Purdue, and you, you get an assistant with Team USA, and then you take over Team USA as the head coach and lead them to a gold medal in the Sydney Olympics. Uh, man, what a whirlwind. But that, that period of your life, like, can you give me a glimpse into just kind of what that all was, was like and how that experience was for you? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it was a fantastic experience, and there's so many... Uh, cool things about it you know traveling the world as we did to train over a three-year period I mean my gosh I got to meet so many awesome coaches and compete against the best players in the world and competing with the best players in the world against them I that just blows my mind when I think back on that you know um so that that period of time was was one I, I learned a great deal you know and remember like I was young. I mean, I was a, a, a young coach, and so I was still learning and still um, trying to become who I wanted to be as a coach. So I was so fortunate to get to grow up in the coaching world with some of the best players this game has ever seen um, to help me hone my skills. Um, so uh, and to be around other assistant coach uh, assist, assistant coaches that were head coaches, yeah. so I learned from them also. So it. It was an incredible experience, um, and and I'm, I still I, I look back. I guess I should write a book one day, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll buy it. I will buy the book. I will happily buy the book. Uh, if you if you look back to those Sydney Olympics, is there is there a, a specific moment or any or any general moment that really sticks out to you when you first think about it? Like what what jumps out? Because I feel like you know that is the thing that's 
I mean, so few of us get a chance to coach, right? And so few of us yeah. get to be head coaches, but even fewer of us get to be involved in the Olympics. Like, it's such a tiny fraternity of people. What are, what's, what's one or two memories that jump out to you about that time? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, I get asked a lot, where do you keep your gold medal? Well, coaches don't get gold medals. The, the coaches don't get medals in the Olympic Games. Only the athletes do. Um, coaches get world championship medals or other Pan American or whatever other championship you might do, but not the Olympics. So what we have, or what I consider is my gold medal moment for me personally. And I remember standing on the sideline. There was about seven and a half minutes left in the gold medal game against Australia in front of 25,000 screaming Australians because we were in Sydney and um, but we were kicking their tail, man. We were up like 25, and there was like seven and a half minutes left. And I remember standing there going, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this gold medal. And But I couldn't let anybody know that. <laughs> kids know that, you know. But, man, I, this feeling of euphoria came over me because we were just whipping their butt. There was no going back. There was, we were going to win this game. And I had to contain that as I continued coaching. <laughs> And, uh, but that was my gold medal moment, and I'll never forget it. Oh, that's awesome. That's so good. Uh, after that, you you end up being named the GM and the head coach of the Indiana Fever, who at the time were an expansion team, and your your assistant, Ann Donovan, actually had to kind of carry that for you for a while as you finished up with Team USA. Yeah. Um, again, with after a career already full of incredible experiences, a brand new one, a very unique one. How, how different was that? How was that then? Because I'm sure as you went in, you had questions, you had, you know, some uncertainties. How was that experience different than you maybe anticipated it was going to be? Well, the the thing about it, I, I was really looking forward to coaching in the WNBA because I was just coming off of three years coaching those Olympians who were pros. Yeah. I thought if I was ever going to do this, this would be the time to do it because this is what I've been coaching the past three years. The problem was I was coaching the very – 12 best players in our country <laughs> and a franchise expansion <laughs> team uh, is much different than the 12 yeah. best players in the country. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> um, yeah. And so back in the day in the WNBA, when you were an expansion team, they, they really didn't give you any breaks. Like we didn't get, when we chose our players, they were like the bottom seven players or six players of a team, you know, when they were doing the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't get the top picks in the um, in the upcoming draft. We got like the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So you were building a team of players that you had no stars, not one. And so it was a really trying time. It was it was trying, but we did draft Tamika Catchings, which was the best thing I I, think yeah. I personally did. That worked NBA out pretty well. Was draft catching. <laughs> she had a pretty good. Yeah, team. I mean, I'm, yeah, she had a pretty good one, and. <laughs> But, but I knew that kid inside and out. She was coming off a knee injury, and Indiana was a little hesitant on drafting her because of the knee injury. And I was like, no, no, we're drafting this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I knew her for four years from playing in Tennessee and, and Pat being such a close friend, Pat and Mickey. So, yeah, that worked out good. And when she got healthy, man, that, that franchise was going to be a, something to be reckoned with. <laughs> was that – the most trying time in your coaching career? Cause I mean, you've just, you've been so successful everywhere. And so I'm just, I always look for trying to find, cause there, at some point there had to be a time where you're, you know, questioning yourself or, or doubting yourself or something. And I'm just curious, was that, was that the most trying time of your coaching career? 
Yes, yes, it was. Because I, I remember at one point we were on a 10-game losing streak, and I, I thought I was going to slit my wrist. I've, I've never, you know, experienced anything like that. It was really, really hard. Um, so, yeah, that, I would say that was the most trying time in my coaching career, definitely. How did you How did you get through? I mean, did you are you were you someone who wallowed, or were you someone who just you know try to push through? Like, how do how do you deal with adversity? Well, I'll be real honest with you. I probably wallowed for a little bit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, wow, how are we going to get out of this? Because every team we faced had veterans, and they were good. We just didn't have that kind of talent, so it was going to. It was just such an uphill climb. You have to have time to to build and trade and and get some higher draft picks and, and work through it. And I don't know if I had the patience to do that. Mm. Uh, I, I just, you know, it was just a tough, it was a tough time. Yeah. Um, and then I, it started making me think, well, I'm, I'm better suited to coach college kids because I want that relationship with the kid. Yeah. Um, and you really don't have that in the pros. And you know that, Blake, from yeah. you've had experience being around the WNBA. So yeah. it's, a, it's more about the X's and O's and, and, and getting the right people in the right spot than it is about relationships. Yeah. Well, to that point, you you do get back into the college game. You take the head coaching job at, at Auburn. You're there for eight years and, and found a lot of success. Went to the postseason four times, uh, 145 games. Uh, looking back at your time at Auburn, how um, how did that shoot? Because that's really the first time you were the head coach at, at a college level and, and stayed there, right? You actually built, yeah. you built something. So what was that process like for you? Yeah, that was the longest place I'd ever been anywhere. I loved Auburn. Absolutely loved it. Still do to this day. Um, I don't know, at some point I might retire there. Who knows? But um, just a really, it's a beautiful place to begin with. It's got really good super athletics and just a nice place. And I was proud of what we did there. I thought we we worked hard. Um, It has its challenges in recruiting because, it's just hard to get kids to that campus. Mm-hmm. Um, location is tough, but it's, it's beautiful once you get there and uh, kids like it. But, you know, I was burned out. I really was burned out. And I had to come to grips with that. Like, this was a great job. I loved it. But but my body, my mind, everything was like, Nell, you need a break. Mm. And you've just got to take it and trust in the Lord that, look, man, this is it's okay. Go take a break, catch your breath, and see what else is out there. Yeah. And and see if you want to if you want to get back in, you can. Just just go take a break, and I did. And I'm so glad I did, Blake, because it I loved what I was doing with ESPN. Yeah. Was did you anticipate taking that long of a break? No, <laughs> I did not. But I loved it. I'm glad I did because. Yeah. But I was fortunate again. I was just lucky that. I'm taking a break in a field that I love, mm-hmm. people I enjoy working with, and I'm still in the sport yeah. that I love. So I was I was fortunate. What what during that time with ESPN, what was it when you got in, was there anything different than you thought it might be, like for better or for worse, but like what was it the T V life? What was that like for you? Um it, I, I love the T V. Uh, I always did. Even when I, I did it way back in the early two thousands when when Robin Roberts was the host and me and Stacey Dales and, you know, sometimes Nancy Lieberman, Vera Jones, you know, we were um, doing that studio show. Then Reese Davis took it over. So that was before you were born though. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed it then. So it was a welcome, I, I really welcomed it back and I was 
fortunate that I'd had some experience in the field and I knew some people still working at ESPN that welcomed me back. And, um, so it was fun, especially when Andy got involved yeah. and uh, Andy Landers and Maria Taylor. We, that was just a lot of fun working with Rebecca Lobo. I mean, it was just, it was a good time. Yeah. You guys were fun to watch. I mean, really, that was part of the experience for many of us, I know, as as viewers, was that the personality certainly, was, especially you and Andy, you, you both had that Southern charm, and you both don't mind jabbing each other. I mean, that was really, it just seemed like you guys were always having fun, and I imagine that yeah. that was the case. Well, we were. There's no question, and we still do to this day, because me and Andy are good friends, and we call each other and give each other grief. <laughs> send each other funny stuff and tags and I, I just really loved him. You know, it, it was uh, it was just a lot of fun. But you know, hopefully we we gave some information that was worth listening to and you know that helped make, you know, broadcast more enjoyable to tune into. Yeah. Well, you did for me. I know that for sure. Um, and then you talk about, I know you've talked about this a lot with people, you and you mentioned it here. You said, you know, I can always get back in and then as you kinda look at the landscape, you go, man, I, I know I've been out for a while. I wonder if I can. And Georgia Tech opens up under some pretty uh, unique circumstances. And you, you know you know the administration from your time at La Tech, and you kind of put the feelers out there, and it everything falls into place. I know I had texted you when you got the job, and you said just the right fit. Uh, for you, yeah. for you, why? Why was that the right fit? Yeah, well, I, I think because, um, you know, in fact, you, you said something that was really interesting. Yeah, I didn't know if I could get back in at this point. I'd been out for seven years. I didn't know if, if I was still relevant. I didn't know if I was, um, you know, I could have been too old or I could, who knows. But Georgia Tech needed some experience at that time. They needed some some nurturing out of maybe a, some a situation that yep. that needed some, some of that, and and I think I am a little bit of that, or I'm probably a lot of bit of that, um, that I could come in with some experience and help some kids um, move in a different direction. So it worked. You know, it, it was a good fit. When I met the administration, it was a good fit, and I was comfortable with Georgia Tech from coaching at Auburn and recruiting against them, knowing exactly where it was, having been on the campus uh, many times, and um you know, so it, it was just the right, it was the right move. And I'm so glad I did it, Blake. Love it here. It's just a really, it's a fantastic place in the heart of Midtown Atlanta that's fun to live in. Yeah, I. it's always interesting to me because, you know, every year, uh, except really this year, jobs are opening and people take different jobs and everything. And I think it's, it's tough at times because you have to also look at, all right, who are we competing against, right? Because, I mean, you're in a conference yep. where, my goodness, you've got Louisville, you've got NC State, you've got Florida State, you've usually got Notre Dame, you know, you've got the Duke and Carolinas who are kind of there, you got Miami, you got Syracuse. It's like, my goodness, we, in order for us to compete, we got to beat, you know, we got to finish above some of these teams. Um, for you taking this job, and you obviously felt good about it, what makes, what makes Georgia Tech capable of doing that what makes them capable of being in that upper echelon yeah I, those are really good points and and i'll go back and address one of them that you said of all those fantastic conference fantastic coaches really successful conference usually has the most teams in the ncaa tournament i mean yeah why would you take that job that's a tough conference <laughs> yeah. i never yeah i never even look at that that's not even what i look at i look at the 
the institution, Georgia Tech, can I recruit to Georgia Tech? Can I recruit nationally, internationally? Does it have good academics where kids are going to come and get a good degree? I look at the institution, mm. period, not your competition. The co- you're going to have competition no matter what conference you're in. You know, it, this is what we do. We compete. Yeah. So I didn't look at any of that. Now, once I took the job and started dissecting things, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? Um, so, but... but but, you know, I mean, when you take a job, when you're looking at a job, you're excited about the job. You're like, oh, wow, this is, you know, yeah. Atlanta, Georgia Tech. You know, you're excited about all that. You don't stop and go, okay, now, wait a second. Should I take it? Wait, <laughs> should, can I compete against Louisville? You know, right. you don't do that. Um, but you do afterwards about a week later. Yeah. You're like, what the hell? What <laughs> Man. Yeah, well, you guys win 20 games, you go 10 and 8 in the conference. I mean, you you exceeded expectations of everyone outside the program. But I know you when you took over, you said, "Man, we've we've got some talent. We've got we've got a good team. We've got some some defensive abilities. We've got and I know you had some kids in the portal and you're able to keep some of those and and have them to stick around. So I know that maybe for yeah. you it was different, but for us on the outside, we're going, are you kidding me? They won 20 games and above 500 in the ACC, and you swept Florida State. You get your first ever road win against a top-10 team to NC State. I mean, my goodness, for for so many of us, I think uh, we all applaud you for sure. And, and I mean, you were a finalist for Coach of the Year, as you should have been. But for you in- well, internally, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, you kind of beat down on me, but um, I'll tell you, like, uh, it starts with the people that are around you, and those kids were hungry, and they really bought in right away, Um, so we went to work right away, and you you always think you're going to win every game, I always think, I always think we're going to win every game, that's where you start, and then you kind of have to, you know, you work from that point, but, but we were just, we were, we were fortunate in that we had some kids that really blossomed this year. You know, I think they were they were believed in. They were given a, a maybe a little bit of a system that they could play um, free in and do some things. And I felt like they 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 took advantage of it. Um, look, we won twenty games, and what really makes me mad is we should have won about twenty four. Mm. Honest to God, I mean, it's like we lost the games that we just ah uh, we just should not have lost. Yeah. And you know, I go back, I look at those, and they just drive me crazy. But um, you know, next year is going to be a different story. We've got four freshmen coming in that we've got to get acclimated. And, and uh, you, you know, it's a new team. It's a new day. And, and hopefully we can carry it on. I know the kids were excited about you coming in. And they talk about your positivity and your energy and everything like that. For you, was there was there any particular moment within the season where you felt things really starting to click? Yeah. Um, I don't, We had some really close wins that uh, that people had told me before that these are the games that Tech never could win. And so I felt like the kids were getting confidence to be able to hang on and win those close ones. Like, um, you know, this might seem simple, but like we're down in um, Puerto Rico and we, we hang on and we beat Rice by one or two points. I mean, that was a big win for us. Um, just because it's neutral court, it's hard. You know, Rice is good. Yeah. That's a, that's a she does a great job there, and so that was a good win. We competed hard against A&M, um, but we had some close wins that just kind of 
I think put bumps it just kept bumping us up and bumping our confidence up and just making us come to practice and just wanting to do more. Um, those are just important moments when you can get your kids, I think, excited about wanting to get better every day in practice. Practice wasn't a grind. It was it was like, okay, now what are we gonna do? Mm. Now what are we what are we learning today? Where yeah. where are we getting better in today? Man, that makes that makes yeah. coaching a lot of fun. That's yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> that's it. Um Yeah. <laughs> for you, how Looking back to, to Auburn to now, in what ways have you adapted or changed or, or grown uh, as a coach? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I, I, am, I give a lot more responsibility to my assistant coaches. Um, I think that just happens. When you're a younger head coach, you want to control everything, say everything, and do everything. And, boy, you just, that's hard. Um, I'm a lot more uh, flexible with that. I give a lot more responsibility to my assistant coaches and expect it from them. Mm. I expect them to make make our shooters better, to make our post players better. I mean, there's there's um you know there's expectations there that we got to get this done, and I'm I'm better at that. Um, um, I'm better at waking up in the morning and really really getting together with this is what we have to get better today because you can wake up with 20 things on your mind and you know what I'm talking about being a coach yep. you hey we got to get better at these 20 things <laughs> you think you got to do it all in one day <laughs> you know well you can't do it so prioritizing is really important and not overdoing a practice with too many things if you want your kids to get better at maybe one or two things that day that make a difference in a game with that being said, you your season abruptly ends, right? Like everyone else's does. Um, yeah. And you're stuck kind of by the wayside. I I know everyone's kind of talking about this at the moment, but I just I everyone's different. For you guys, uh, a team who was on the bubble but probably going to make the NSA tournament, uh, and and something that team hasn't done in a long time. For for you guys to kind of go through that experience. Uh, can you take me through that a little bit of just about how you guys were able to kind of navigate that? Yeah, it was it was hard because the disappointment after we after we lost to NC State in the uh, ACC tournament, golly, we we played so well for about thirty five minutes, yep. and they threw a zone on us and it killed us. And um, I don't think Wes Moore has played a zone in his full entire career <laughs> coaching. <laughs> Well, honest to God, I don't think he's ever played zone. Thanks, so, Wes. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But we were killing him off the bounce, and he they, they couldn't contain us, so they had to do it, and it and stopped us dead in our tracks. And they went on to win that game. It was devastating, really, because we didn't know what was going to happen, and the, we we felt like we could we would be a definite tournament team if we won that game. But yeah. we're not sure. You know, we'll never know. But yeah. but hopefully we would have been. We'll see. I mean, we'll but again, we'll never know. But but um, as we practiced, we practiced like we were going to be an NCAA tournament team. Mm-hmm. And um, those few days that we had before everything got shut down, but even if we hadn't made that, we would have played in the WNIT, and, and, and that would have been something that we would have worked hard to try to win. Yeah. Have you – have your kids – I mean, how have they responded to it? I think we've all – I mean, every kid, right, sadness and everything like that. But I know it's like – it's kind of one of those – forks in the road where for those returners 
you, you got a little bit of the carrot on the string, right? Something to like, hey, man, we were, we were right there, and now we we won't ever know, but we've got a chance to go for it next year. How has how has that motivation been? How is just how is your how have your players responded? Yeah, it's been it's been really odd to tell you the truth because we haven't been around our players right. now for you know two weeks, going on three weeks now. Uh, we only see them on Zoom conference calls, you know, yeah. so. Um, it's hard to really know exactly how they feel, um, but the, I feel so bad. We had one senior, and I feel so bad for her. Um, Francesca Pond had a, had a good career, had a really good senior year, and um, that's the one that your heart goes out to And because the other ones have an opportunity to come back hungrier than ever next year, and I think they will. Yeah. I look forward to that. Um, but, but it, you know, I, I don't really know because I, again, we haven't been around them personally. It's so different seeing somebody on a computer <laughs> screen than it is in person. It you is. know what I mean? It is. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah. So I hope they're hungry. I hope they want to work hard when we do get back together. Um, because there's so many things now that we had planned on a big summer with individual workouts because now we know these players and what they need yeah. to get better. Um, so hopefully we'll get a little bit of time of that this summer. Yeah. What about you? What have, what have you been doing to occupy your time? Wow. You know, I, a lot of – I get on the Internet. Like today I was reading a lot about uh, Winston Churchill, leadership during tough times. Oh. I mean, you know, it, it's, I do things like that. I, I read um, I read about leadership, huh. uh, but then I get on there and I watch some coaching clinics. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out who we're who, – what we can do good next year, what we could, what we should do offensively. Um, we were a really good defensive team, really good, but we were not a good offensive team. Um, we just we couldn't, we could hardly get there in the '60s. So we had to defend well in mm-hmm. order to win games. But we've got to be a better def- uh, offensive team next year. So I'm trying to figure some things out in that area. Yeah, I, we're we're the opposite. We we couldn't stop anybody, but we could score. So I'm I'm doing the opposite of you. I'm like, how can we guard anybody? So um, we okay. we can share notes with each other. Okay, <laughs> but you but you know what? You bring up a good dichotomy. Okay, like really, because. If you can score a lot of points, sometimes you can just outscore people. You know, defense doesn't matter as much. I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth. But, um, <clears throat> but you know, if you can score, if you can get up in the 80s, you're probably going to win most of your game, yeah. even without being a great defensive team. Then you just have to be a, I don't know, maybe a three-quarter good defensive team if you can score the ball. So I'm really, boy, I struggle with it right now. I'm struggling. Somewhere Debbie Antonelli is grinning ear to ear hearing those words leave your mouth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I know a, uh, another, another talent. Uh, I don't know if, if passion is the right word to use of you, but you, you were a good guitar player and you, you can sing, you can write some songs. Are, are you, are you picking at the strings any? Do you know what? This is crazy. I have not picked up the strings any. Um, I'm about to order a keyboard though. I like to play the piano oh, too. So okay. I don't have one in Atlanta, so I'm about to get. I'm going to get one of those. But let me tell you what I have done, Blake. This is crazy, man. I ordered a turntable and speakers um, because I found two huge boxes of old 33s, man, from a <laughs> long time ago. So I'm going through them and uh, and going to start playing them and listening to that old stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I love music. So it's 
that's a good reprieve for me, me. Music on any level. I'm gonna speak for. I'm gonna say the entire country here and say if you put out like a quarantine, uh, t- you know, CD where you put out a, a track. You just we'll we'll all buy it and we'll just we'll all donate to Georgia Tech women's basketball. Just we just need a Nell Fortner, just some five tracks. That's all we need. Just give us five tracks. <laughs> I'll see what I can come up with. Okay. We, if we can raise some money to help people in this time of need, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, I I know you're getting some extra quality time with with your animals as well. I know you're a big uh, animal person. Um, who who can you introduce? Who are the who are the pets in your household? Yeah, right now I've got a three-pound Chorky. His name is Chip, and he runs the show. He's okay. about he's about eleven. And then I have a cat that I rescued, and <clears throat> when he was about five days old, his name is Tito because he was raised in a Tito's vodka box. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, we I think all of our pets are so confused and so happy we're home so much now. Yeah, you got Jeezy, right? Yeah, you young Jeezy. That's right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. He's precious. Ah, I appreciate it. Yeah, he's he doesn't understand why we're here, but he's he's pumped. So it's been <laughs> I fun. I think dogs love it. Dogs love us being home. Cats not so much. That's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. I'll get you out of here in this one, and 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 we'll go back to to your team and to your program. Um, and you mentioned it going into year two. It is so different, and I know exactly what you mean. Where year one, you're just like, man. I want these kids to know I care about them and just get to know them as people. But now you get to go, okay, we can get better at basketball now. For yeah. you guys, as you go forward into year two and beyond that, what, do you, what is it that makes Georgia Tech uh, unique? What makes it, you know, you as the head coach, what makes you different? What makes you guys stand out? If I, like, if you, if I just had to ask you, hey, what's, what's Georgia Tech women's basketball all about? What, what would you say to that? Well... I'm not even sure if I know that answer yet. Hmm. Um, right now, I think one thing that makes us unique is that we have a beautiful campus in the middle of Midtown Atlanta that makes it really attractive to a lot of kids from all over this country and also internationally. Um, because Atlanta, you can take a flight and get here and go anywhere in one flight. Um, <clears throat> I don't care where it is you want to go. One flight will get you there. And that's attractive. Um but as far as our, our basketball goes, um, you know, I, I'm not sure we know who we are yet because we've only been here one year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got four, four freshmen coming in that we really like a lot. They're guards. They can score off the bounce. They can shoot the three. They're going to be really, um, I think, versatile for us to go along with what we have coming back. And, um, you know, as your recruiting starts to take shape, then you start seeing who you, who you are a little bit. So, Maybe after this year we'll know a little bit more of that, but um, we know we want to continue to compete in this conference and and eventually win this conference. That's the goal because I think when you win the ACC, you have an opportunity to to put yourself in a position to win a national championship, and um, that's what we want to do. Well, it was a fun year one. All credit to to you, your staff, your players. Uh, it was fun to see you guys play the way you did and just be so successful. And and all the best going forward, too, Coach. I I appreciate you. I respect you. I, I just I, I think the world of you, and I really appreciate you you taking some time out for me today. Great, thanks a lot. This has been a lot of a lot of fun. And hey, good luck to you too, man. You're doing it also. So. Good luck to your team next year. Thank you. Hope, let's both, I hope next time we see each other, we're at a Final Four and we're, we're both celebrating championships. 
There you go. I like that. <laughs> I like it. All right, Coach. <laughs> we'll see you soon. All right. Y'all, everybody stay safe out there. Well, thanks again to Nell Fortner for taking the time out. I, I really genuinely appreciate her. I like good people, and uh, she certainly fits the mold of that. And uh, excited to see what kind of program they build at Georgia Tech. Thank you for listening to The Jump Around, wherever you listen to it, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. It's appreciated. If you can leave a rating or review, that is appreciated as well. You can follow me on Twitter, always at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.